Hello, hello, hello. Well, do we really not have a, uh, our intro today? I, I don't think I can get it. I mean, I can try it. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> All right, I'll try it. Ready? Boom. Nope, got nothing. You played out loud. Just yep, I can. I can do that. Hold on. Guys, we're so professional. I know. We are. We're really so professional. Worse. I feel like um, my voice is just whispering in the back left of my left ear, and that's it. My, these headphones are not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> All right, close oh, enough. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. Pretty good. I'm As always, if we sound distant or too loud or something, just you know, text one of us and we will adjust accordingly. Because we know that literally every single person listening to our show has our numbers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you're only, <laughs> Zach, you're only coming out of like the right side. What? I, I don't know. You're but I can only hear myself in my left ear. Everything. Is Maybe backwards. it's the left one. Oh, Everything yeah, but it's only really like only one. Too. Yeah, it's only coming in my Son left here. All right, shout shout out to Elena. You're the worst, <laughs> and I hope you trip and fall <laughs> onto a slap of pizza. I don't know. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> I feel like you were gonna slice. Go. <laughs> really? There we go. Let's see what you're struggling. Just face first onto a slice of pizza. I don't mm. know what the problem is here. I don't. I, no, oh, it's something with it. the cord. Really? Here we go. Oh, it's not someone something with the cord. Down the one side of the mic. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would someone do that? How's my volume? Ooh, hey, good. Oh, okay. I think you're fine. Okay. Are what good? are we talking about today? What's what's the uh, what's the, what's the big what's old the scoop? What's the squibble? What's the yeah? I don't know. Um, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about sleep. Sleep. Something <sighs> that uh, something that I was about to say college students, but it turns out just literally everyone is atrocious at. <laughs> Um, it can't be literally it's almost every single every single like demographic group is just like bad at sleeping. Jesus Christ! Um, uh, where are we starting? Sleep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> thanks. What? What? Why? Why do we? Why? Why, why do we sleep? What's the point, man? Well, that's a bad the, place to start. A terrible place to start. <laughs> is that a bad place to start? No, it's an excellent question, but it is a terrible place to start because it's like. Does it require We're just going to go right into like, what does it do without even knowing what it is? It seems yeah. like a dangerous. Let's start with, um, mm. let's start with what, like, we're going to define sleep. What is sleep? Okay, sure. I'll Actually, take that. What is sleep? Yeah, so uh, when you fall asleep, I can tell you what happens. I don't know. What is the definition of sleep? I sort of skip right over that somehow. Man, I'm so good at research. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, the other day I did put a uh, glass wafer through a whole process to do some fancy stuff upside down and ruined it. So, you know. Oh, I heard that. Things happen. That sounds like a rough story. Zach ruined all of Matt's eye. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just, the whole field is. The whole field is just due to my destroyed actions. now. That's yep. rough. So, That's rough. Uh, sleep is a naturally recurring state of mind characterized by altered consciousness. Okay, <laughs> that does not sound like any definition like of sleep I've ever heard. That sounds like the definition of like heard. an LSD trip or something. But it's, it's naturally recurring. Well, so LSD you don't is need artificially LSD. recurring. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> not necessarily so, recurring. I guess it's, it's probably easier to talk about what exactly happens when you fall asleep rather yeah. than just throwing words at you about what it is. Yeah. So consciousness. You, yeah, it's, your consciousness is altered in some it's, mystical It's kind of weird, be, I think, because when we as like the perceivers of sleep see awakeness and sleepiness as like very distinctly different. But, like, from, like, a, the grand scope of what happens to your body, like, a few things change. Yeah. But, like, yeah. 
you you still live in pretty much the same way. Yep. There, oh, yeah. So the difference between Sleepy Dave and Awake Dave, you're saying, is not much. I, <laughs> Tell me well, something I don't know. Well, for, <laughs> for you in particular, <laughs> probably less so than other people. Um, yeah, so, okay, so Zach, tell me. So your body activity in general just kind of slows down. So overall, your energy consumption drops by about 5 to 10%, which, is which isn't not much. very much. Not very Considering much. Considering you're talking about the difference between lying completely still for, for eight, eight hours, hours and, like, using at least enough energy to, like, pick up a 100 to 200 pound object and walk it around, like... A five to ten percent energy oh, difference. Oh, the two hundred pound object is ourselves. Yeah, I was imagining yeah. Shane just like walked around carrying like a two hundred pound like Doesn't dumbbell or something all day. Weigh two hundred pounds? That's not. <laughs> I'm the only one who does that. Okay, mine's three hundred. So mine's three hundred one. Oh my god, you're like that last Spartan that was the traitor. Um, so yeah, I have take that. No idea what you're talking about. You never seen three hundred? Oh, three hundred one. Stop oh. explaining it. Oh yeah, you're still explaining it. So, <laughs> huh, your body activity slows in general. Your body temperature drops. Your heart rate slows. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait! Your body temperature drops? Yeah. I thought body temperature dropping was like bad. And oh, it the doesn't drop significantly. Oh, what's your body all fluctuates changes, about a degree over the course yeah, of the day. All these day. changes are like very small. Oh, okay. Wow. So, okay. like, yeah. So, your body temperature... Like heart rate thing. Your heart rate drops pretty significantly. Uh, so, yeah. My, your, my resting heart rate, like, during the day, if I'm just sitting around doing nothing, hovers at around 60. Okay. When I fall asleep, according to my Fitbit, it drops down to about 40. So, that can be pretty significant. Okay. So, but your body temperature will drop, like, a degree. Like, in the middle of the day, your body will reach its peak body temperature at some point. And then at night, you reach your lowest core body temperature of about a degree less. Maybe. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's not huge. But the uh, the heart rate drop thing is pretty... That seems pretty substantial. Yep. That's a pretty huge drop. Mm-hmm. But that's like at the like the lower bound. Like, it'll drop okay. to 40, but it'll hover around 40 to 50. Gotcha. So it's not like super low. Okay. All your, right. Your breathing rate slows down too. Okay. Instead of like... You're just like... Oh, God. That's literally how I can always tell when Colleen's asleep. It's like there's there's like there's like all the different things that you can like fake in order to like appear to be asleep or like that people do to like try to put themselves to sleep. Mm-hmm. But the one like consistent difference between like trying to go to sleep and this is like for anyone like for trying to go to sleep and like actually asleep is is like always just like the difference in breathing. It's like so slow. Like people like you breathe so much slower when you're asleep. Now it's also it's also asleep. louder too. Yeah, Some, well, I, th- is, I think that's maybe just because you're not consciously modifying it at all. Yeah, maybe. I right? forget. Uh, I forget why that was. It wasn't super important to like the actually happenings yeah. in sleep. So just I just like disregarded it. It might just be. It's like when you're awake, you're like trying not to breathe really loudly because people that's true. Hate that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Asthma attack over there, buddy. <laughs> so. Another thing that happens is your brain waves get slower and bigger. I have brain waves? <laughs> what? Yeah, so brain waves are like an artificial construct of the things we use to measure brain activity. Okay. So we can use this thing called EEG, electroencephalography, um, which they basically put... You pronounced it right. I finally did it, right? I finally said a word the good way. <laughs> <did> Encephalography. <laughs> and then uh, they put these electrodes just on your head. And then they just record electrical potentials that flow through your brain. We kind of talked about that with like light 
You know, there's like sure. electrical, like gravitational potentials, electrical potential. Yeah, sure. Because your neurons are all firing with electricity and magical stuff like that. So <laughs> it's not magic. You science. get it's science magic. Um, so you it's get like pretty as enough. close to magic as like <laughs> when you're measuring these potentials in various like areas of the brain and at various frequencies and things. You pick up patterns of waves of okay. alternating potentials, and so those waves are your brain waves. And Sweet. those are mostly used to characterize which like section of sleep is what. Uh, we're just not going to talk about them that much. Sections yeah. of sleep? Isn't that talk an interesting it. thing? It's great. There isn't just... You're telling me that like when I pass out, I'm not just like conked out for eight hours. There's like different shit happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. Like it's like pretty weird. So, um, yeah, there's actually a few different stages of sleep. First of all, there's like two kinds of sleep. So you've got... Rapid eye movement sleep and non-rapid eye movement sleep. And you've probably heard that. Not rapid eye movement is REM sleep. Okay. But what? why is it called that? So it's called that because your eyes rapidly move about while you're sleeping. <laughs> that, that seems counterintuitive. Why would that happen? It's in fact called paradoxical sleep in some cases <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad that no one knows. So, yeah, well, that's uh, probably the most well-known sleep stage, and I think we'll go through an order, Don't and that's the last the one. sleep stage with a name. The yeah, true. Numbered. The, the, the other ones are numbered as non-REM 1 through 3. <laughs> so it's uh-huh. REM and then the other ones. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and there used to be 4. There used to be non-REM 1 through 4, and they just consolidated 3 and 4. And if you have, like, the Why? sleep cycle app, Cause, it still says 4. So yeah, because they're just not three, different four. enough. Okay. They're like, so, wait, so, wait, what makes these different phases so of sleep a huge different. difference between rem and all of the non-rem ones. well sure because you're not and getting then, rapid eye yeah movement. well so and zach do you want to talk I, I can talk about it. do you want to talk about like what rem means and why rem happens uh yeah you can talk about that okay so so there's like so rem is like di- you know made distinct from the other in the others and that your eyes are moving rapidly right sure but no other part of your body moves during rem which is interesting because it's actually the lightest form of sleep. It's the lightest stage of sleep. It's when you're the closest to being awake. If, according to your, like, your brain activity. Yeah, according to brain activity. So you're saying REM sleep is when your brain waves are most similar to your awake brain waves. Exactly. Which you would think would make you move because oh, yeah. when you're awake, it seems you like move. wouldn't that would your heart rate go up then? Turns or? out your brain literally paralyzes the breath all of your body except your eyes when you're in REM. That's terrifying. <laughs> Which is why you, your eyes move around because it doesn't paralyze your eyes. If you were to remove that paralysis, you would just act out lots of random movements that were occurring while you're like potentially related to what you're dreaming, potentially unrelated to what you're dreaming. Likely related to, right? It's like the actions that your yeah, brain is attempting to most likely. Through. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dreams now? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the other major distinction between REM and non-REM. Well. No? No. Go. So dreams occur primarily in REM sleep, right. but they also occur in at least not REM sleep three, also known as slow wave sleep. Isn't that a different kind of... Those are like night terrors and stuff occurring. You can like also have sleep, right? just dreams. Okay. But yes, that is where night terrors but occur. So if you experience something called night terrors, which is not the same as nightmares. Nightmares are just scary dreams. Night terrors are full on. You're like, paralyzed, paralyzed and sense a presence in the room. Hallucinations that occur that people wake up ex- having like 
fully convinced that they happened. No, no, no. I just and, got abducted by aliens. Right. That wasn't so. That that wasn't a that could night be terror. The, the abducted by aliens thing is interesting. It could be something else as well. But um, but night terrors uh, occur in stage three, um, which is the deepest stage of sleep, um, and they're completely different from the kinds of dreams that you have in REM. Um, and are actually just like, that's like a diagnosable mental illness that can be dealt with usually not very difficultly. I don't remember what the, um, medication used is, but like, it's not that hard to deal with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like completely entirely different from the kind of dreams that you have in REM. There's actually a whole community of people who experience night terrors who have like found a niche on the internet, niche, niche on the internet. And, uh, they like discuss how to deal with them and some people have been like i just embraced that there is a presence there that i sense and i've been friendly with it and it's just calming now instead of being terrifying and it's like that's super cool the other the other reason the other reason you can experience like like the alien abduction thing or having a demon sitting on your chest while you're falling asleep or things that use that people that now it's typically alien abductions there are previous like uh, like versions of this prior to us thinking that aliens were a big deal. Um, so the demons on your chest was a big thing went during like the crusades, etc. when everyone was scared of the devil. Um, and so I still am. I, <laughs> so it's so, big horns, very pointy. So there's a the thing, man. there's a thing that happens called sleep paralysis, um, which is very much related to what I was talking about where your body goes into paralysis during REM, but it happens right before you actually fall asleep, which is, as you can imagine, terrifying. Yeah. Basically, to me part of the way your body determines whether you're asleep is by literally checking. It goes, hey, feet, are you guys asleep? Hey hands, are are you guys asleep? So if you just lay, <laughs> that's fucking. If you adorable. lay perfectly still for long enough, your body's like, okay, we're asleep now because no one's moved, so we must be asleep. And it goes, all right, well, I'm gonna shut you guys off because you're not moving, and we're gonna start REM. So you can't move, and you can't move like you like any part of your like body and like you can potentially move your eyes around but you're starting to experience dreamlike sensations and so people start feeling like there's something sitting on them or they're strapped down alien abduction to an autopsy table anal probe anal probe um i don't know know where that's coming i I don't know that specifically um Really but yeah, but so plug. and so that's like a really awful horrifying. Turns out thing. every redneck that's who ever also, says they got abducted by aliens actually just fell asleep on their butt plug. No, it's, <laughs> it's the actual solution. Uh, we, saw, we cracked it. Good job, guys. Um, but see so, this. Put away your sex toys. <laughs> um, so, so this is something that actually happens to people when they're attempting to actively induce lucid dreaming, which is a type of dreaming in which you can can like sort of control what's happening. Um, and one of the methods is to like intentionally not move and try to remain conscious as you're falling asleep, which sounds exactly like what I just said leads to sleep paralysis. And that's because that's exactly what leads to sleep paralysis. That sounds like the opposite of anything I would ever want to do. (laughs) But if you go into it with the intention of like dreaming good, I guess you can, if you're lucky, you can't, it doesn't always work. If you get good at it and practice it and get lucky a little bit, you can then control your dreams from that state. There's like, and then you don't move around. 
and you can do a crazy. Okay, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We just threw a lot out. I know let's, we did. Yeah. Let's let's take a let's step back. back. Let's go back through those like stages. Rewind. What what is the difference between these stages? Let's talk about the brain waves. Let's talk about what happens to your body. We're not going to talk about the brain waves. Oh, <laughs> Who gives hey. a crap about the brain waves? Really? That's, that's how they technically like will determine which stage of sleep you're in because you can monitor that. Okay. Um, and you can use. There's a whole thing called uh, what's the word? It's find you. Oh, yeah, polysomnography. So that's, you got electroencephalography, so EEG, that monitors your brain activity. Electrooculography, EOG, measures your eye activity. That's how they figure out whether or not you're in REM. Okie doke. Then electromyography, which is EMG, measures your muscular activity. So that's if you're, like, paralyzed and your muscles are fully relaxed, they'll be aware, like, the electrical potentials will be lower. Um, So that's how they actually go in and look and examine what stage of sleep you're in. So we can describe these stages of sleep more like qualitatively in what happens and not really worry too much about like oh how how what hurts are your theta waves at like it's not super important to understanding how sleep works oh okay all right so we just know that there are stages and there's some that involve rapid eye movement mm -hmm. there's well there's one that involves yeah well there's there's part of it that involves rapid eye movement part of it that doesn't and that you get lots of your dreams in REM. Yep. Yes. So let's okay. let's actually so non-REM stage one. This makes up like five to ten percent of total sleep, so not very much. This is sort of where you're not actually asleep yet, but you're also not awake. You're kind of on your way to sleeping or okay. on your way to waking. So this only up. happens one time as yeah. you're falling asleep. Okay. So um it, it sometimes do, will crop up in between REM and non-REM sleep in the middle of the night if you happen to like wake up a little bit, um, but usually it's just when you're falling asleep. And so if you actually wake someone up who's in this stage of sleep, they won't know that they ever were like falling asleep. They'll, like, They'll be claim like, that they hadn't gone to sleep yet. Yeah. So, which is like, so, so here's a great anecdote. So I used to do yoga with my mom. Shout out to my mom, who's probably not listening because I forgot to remind her. Leslie! Um, but I used to do yoga with her a lot, and at the end of yoga, they had um, corpse position. I forget what the what the well, that's terrifying. I'm sorry, name is. what? It's called it's called corpse position. It's literally you just lie flat on your back. You just that's like, all you, you do. know, like a corpse, just, not like a sleeping person, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and you, it's like you lie down, you're like palms up, and like feet roll out, like literally, like as relaxed as physically possible, and you're supposed to stay awake. Remember what I just said about how your body determines whether you're asleep? Yep. You're supposed to stay awake and, like, meditate in that position. Unsurprisingly, like, half the class falls asleep every time because, yeah. like I said before, everyone's always sleep-deprived. Also, what's the um, difference between oh, meditation and sleep, really? Well, no, there's a significant like difference. Much. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. But the problem is that, like, A, we're all a bunch of freaking white middle-class Americans who don't know what meditation is. And, <laughs> and B, we're all sleep-deprived. So literally, as soon as you have an opportunity to go to sleep, your body's like, okay, sleep time. Also, doing <laughs> yoga can help you fall asleep. Yeah. So pretty well, much yeah, a perfect storm of passing yeah. out. So, But so I, I remember, like, every single time there was, like, this nice little twinkling bell that, that was used to, like, wake <laughs> us up. And or to like let us know it was totally to wake us up, um, and I would like get up and be like, "Oh no, I have no idea whether I was asleep or not." And like, I could have been snoring, like I could have been, like <laughs> any number of things. It was like I have literally no clue so whether happens, or not your I brain fell just asleep. At that point, your brain just goes, "All right, not recording memories anymore. We're out." It just right. Well, so that's I don't know if you talk about this, but like the stage one, your brain doesn't record memories. So people actually, so actually. 
cramming immediately before going to sleep terrible idea stay awake just long enough to like brush your teeth drink some water like hang out get ready and then go to bed because like the 15 minutes before you actually fall asleep you literally don't record any memories so if you like cram something and then lie down and go to bed it was useless you didn't have any of it right out yeah so uh in this stage of sleep is where hypnic jerks happen, or also known as hypnagogic jerks, also known as sleep starts, also known as, holy shit, I thought I was falling, but now I'm awake, and what's happening? (laughs) So, that's, this actually happens... I like like, the last one best. (laughs) This happens, apparently, uh, like, one to two times per hour in, like, 65 to 80-year-olds. You just don't wake up from it, and also don't remember it, so you just twitch. It's just like a twitch. It's not the the actual sixty five to eighty year olds. Yes, okay. And in uh, eight to twelve year olds, it's four to seven times. So kids twitch a lot in their sleep compared oh, to adults. Oh, yeah. What? What? Yeah. That's so. Why? What? Your brain. So I assume it has to do with the fact that like you're completely not moving, and at some point your brain like not moving is almost the same sensation as free falling. Your brain's like, whoop, wait. What if I was falling right now? Are we falling? Are we falling? And then it's like, oh, God, wake up. Oh, no, we're fine. We're not falling. I'm You're like, what the, what the hell, So, man? yeah, we, we don't really know why this happens. One of the things that's been posited is that it's a vestigial reflex from living in trees. And so, like, you, know, you, have, to, you have to be able to, like, not fall out of a tree if you suddenly shift positions. So you just, like, like are sort of... Except that animals that have never lived in trees also have this reflex, I think. What? So it doesn't... Weird. It doesn't really make any sense. That's <laughs> super funny. But Question: yeah, the, Do aquatic mammals? <laughs> do aquatic animals have hypnic jerks? Oh god, I think so. <laughs> I'm just picturing a whale. Just like, am I falling? Ah, wh- what is falling? What is falling? <laughs> That's a good question, Shane. Google. All right. Um. So, uh, another thing is like, oh, nerve. Your nerves are just misfiring during falling asleep. That. Sounds stupid to me. It's I feel a cop like, out. I feel like yeah, misfiring. I feel like our nerves well, don't also misfire because that I feel. Well, I mean, they do all the time. But you, but like usually, it's like you're like like when you wake up and remember it. I always like I wake up and I remember ha- having been dreaming about yep. tripping. That's called like, an incorporated yeah. dream, right? Yeah, yeah, your body basically will like tie in external stimuli into your dreamscape right as you are about to break. Oh, into consciousness. so that actually has completely unrelated to. The, it's just that like so there's a separate process that was like hypnotic jerk, and then my br- the dream process was like oh oh we're falling because the hypnotic. I mean, it could said it could go falling. both ways, okay. um, but I think usually it's the your. Your body being like, oh, oh, hypnic jerk, and your dream, you're, then your mind goes, oh, oh, you're falling, <laughs> rather than your mind going, you're falling. Your body's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> your body feels it first. Your mind's like, yeah, oh no, we were tripping. No, no, we're not. We're fine. <laughs> and the other thing is like, you know, when your muscles start to relax to sleep, that feels like free fall. So it's sure. sort of the same, like what Shane said Hot. at the beginning. Um, and so you also uh, begin to like in this stage of sleep. I can't oh, find actually, anything on the aquatic animals though. Oh. Sorry. It's fine. Tiss. So hypnic jerks happen in totally healthy people. It's like not a thing to be concerned about if it's happening, unless it's like keeping you awake and you literally can't sleep, which is unusual. And actually, I didn't come across that being a case for anyone while I was okay. looking at this. So I think we're okay. Um, but in, in stage one, you also slowly begin to lose awareness of your surroundings and you lose muscle tone, which doesn't mean your muscles are falling apart. It just means <laughs> they stop contracting as hard. So your postural muscles don't have to work anymore. Oh, yeah, like, because forget presumably you're lying mind. down. <laughs> Unless you're not lying down, which is when you watch people who are leaning on their hands go very quickly from leaning on their hands to leaning on their desks with a loud... 
sound. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> their you're muscles like, were like, you're oh, like, fall they're asleep, asleep and your hands just like slide Ugh. off of your face. Yeah. Um, the, that's like the, your, your, your body's like, oh, we're asleep now. We must be lying down. I guess I can turn off my posture. Okay. Kind of so, idiot doesn't so, sleep so, lying so down. Far, so far, a lot of things that happen in sleep is that our body is just sort of assuming things about what's going on, about the environment around us yeah, with right. no basis for this. Well, a lot Except of that are like muscles yeah. are doing. Yeah, the, the right, basis is that when you get tired, you lie down <laughs> and you go to bed. Unless you're insane or a college student, <laughs> or anyone or who's a hard worker. Yeah, I feel anyone like in America right now. So let's move on to stage two. Stage two is super interesting. So this is 45 to 55 percent of the time you spend asleep. Wow. Okay. And I said it's super interesting because it's not. Um, it's really boring. You just get, it's harder to wake you than it is in stage one. Your awareness of the environment is lower than in stage one and your muscle activity decreases more than it does in stage one, but you're not in deep sleep yet. And that's it. That's stage two. That's like half of the time that you're asleep. Yep. That's so boring. You're just kind of like mostly asleep, but not really all the way asleep. Nothing happens in stage two. Does anything happen in stage two? Nothing significant. I mean, so your body's still like doing processes of repair and things, but those were all like initiated in the deeper stages and are just continuing while you're in. You're just still asleep, so you're facilitating those processes, but they're not not started in stage two. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah, Yeah. good. So stage three. Stage three. Uh, Previously known as stage three and then stage four. Just stage three now. (laughs) AKA deep sleep or slow wave sleep. SWS. So you spend, did I, 12 to 25%? That seems like a weird... Okay, well, you know, 15 to 25% of your um, time asleep in stage three, and you're totally unconscious. You are, like, so hard to wake up, completely paralyzed. <laughs> like, someone could, like, just be rubbing their butt on your face, and you will not even really realize it. To be honest, I don't know if I'd notice that if I was awake. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- this, <laughs> this stage is, is thought to be the most restful and uh, <laughs> is the most important for relieving subjective... Measure, like if you feel sleepy during the day, you probably didn't get enough stage three. Okay, and getting more stage three will reduce the subjective feelings of sleepiness during the day. Um, it's also the time when your body tends to like rebuild the most because during this stage, you will secrete bursts of human growth hormone into your body and be like, "Go fix everything! Everything start fixing itself! <laughs> Come on, fixy, fixy, fixy time!" <laughs> and so that's sort of like. If you miss this stage of sleep, your body will essentially start to deteriorate, probably. Wow. No, definitely. There yeah. was a study with the mice in this. Yeah, well, that was when they didn't get to sleep at all. But Fair essentially, enough. this is when the, yeah. the reparative processes take place. So uh, dreaming is the most common here out of the non-REM stages. So REM, you dream hella more than in this stage. But out of the non-dreaming stages, this is where the most dreams occur. And this is also where all parasomnia happens parasomnia is all the weird shit that happens when you're asleep that shouldn't stuff like peeing in the bed and sleepwalking and sleep talking which are called nocturnal enuresis that's peeing the bed somnambulance for sleepwalking and somniloquy for sleep talking in case you were wondering question yep sleepwalking yep as far as i know does not have to coincide with dreaming i yeah i don't think so okay um you could literally just be like your body's like, well, the time to move around, and it just forgets to be paralyzed and just does stuff. 
So, wait, question about sleepwalking. Yeah. Uh, there's a classic myth about sleepwalking, a.k.a. I watched Step Brothers a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> Don't wake not supposed up. to wake up people who are sleepwalking. Definitely wake people who are sleepwalking because they're not where they're supposed to be and will probably hurt themselves. Yeah, <laughs> almost definitely. And there's literally... There's it's hard nothing. enough to walk awake. <laughs> and if you wake them up, the worst thing that happens is they go... What what is what is happening? Where am I? They're not gonna like their brain is not gonna fracture at the sudden realization it's, that they were asleep and standing up. Like, it's not it's not a shock to your system. It's actually it's, literally the same. It's going to be almost a, an identical response initially to like just waking someone up who is in deep sleep. Yep. Which is they're gonna be super groggy and pissed at you. <laughs> Except in this case, they'll be groggy and pissed at you, and then look around and realize they're standing and be really confused. <laughs> In uh, so yeah, that grogginess that you get when you wake up in this stage is the worst. Do not wake up in this stage if possible, like in the middle of it, because you will be groggy as hell. And at first, you'd be like, "Why would I ever do that?" And then we'll explain to you how everyone does all the time, and you'll be like, "Fuck." So you you have impaired mental function for like thirty minutes. Jesus Christ! Where you're just like, "I'm so tired." So there's something called like sleep inertia. Which is the amount of grogginess you have upon waking up. It's like how hard it is to get from being asleep to being awake. You have the least amount of sleep inertia if you wake up in REM, and the most amount if you wake up in deep sleep. So there's like, it'll take, you know, five, ten minutes. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, there will be some amount of time when you wake up where you just are going to be a little bit tired and groggy. But if you wake up in REM and you're well rested, take a couple minutes. Wake up in deep sleep, it's like a really long time, such that you feel like you didn't sleep well, even if you did. Yep. It's terrible. Awful. So the, the stages, the way the stages of sleep occur, just to give a little indication of what's happening, it goes two, or one, two, three, two, REM, two, three, two, REM, two, three, two, and then you like... Wait, so you like go so you start off mm-hmm. and then you go into your deepest form of sleep yep. and then you sort of wake up a bit and then go into REM? Yeah, yeah, well, you kind of is the most awake. Yeah, so your brain activity starts to increase. Sense, yeah. You leave that deep sleep a little bit so you can do the REM sleep and you kind of go back. And so phase two is sort of in between REM and the deepest sleep. Okay, mm-hmm. it's as sort of like as, an intermediate stage. As far as we can tell, everything. that's all it's there for. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> and you tend to have more deep sleep earlier in the night and more REM sleep later in the night. So like, you and it's not like frequency of occurrence; it's like length of occurrence. So you'll spend. A lot of time in yeah, stage wait, three I was when you ask encounter it. Like, how do we? How much time do you spend in each phase of sleep? Um, it, it varies. It's ninety minutes per cycle, approximately. Varies from person so wait, to person. So one cycle bit. is is two, three, two REM. Okay. So basically, into into REM, and then yeah, that's that would be a cycle. Um, so it depends where you are in the night. Uh, how much you spend in each section, and depending also on how sleep-deprived you are. So that sort of leads into this. Uh, there's a thing called sleep rebound. Specifically, that it, it occurs with deep sleep and also REM sleep. Uh, in deep sleep, if you're deprived of sleep at all for a long period of time, when you go to sleep, you immediately like catapult into <sighs> deep sleep. You just you sh- sh- the, the stage one and two are super short, and you spend a ton of time in stage three, and this also happens with REM sleep. So you're just knocked. Yeah, you're just totally like it. And this basically so, signals that these stages are stupid important. Your body's like one and two, whatever. Just get to sleep. <laughs> we need to fix things. You're doing a terrible job of living. Please, <laughs> please don't do this again. Bad job of being a person. So that basically is all of stage three. So you need to REM sleep, right? This is twenty to twenty-five percent of your sleepy times. 
we already talked about you're pretty much paralyzed. Uh, your heart rate, breathing, and body temperature are just pretty much unregulated. They just kind of like flap about however <laughs> they feel. Um, you might have some vivid dreams and stuff. Uh, and arousal and oxygen consumption, according to your vital signs, is higher than if you were just awake lying down. So weird. Yeah, what? paradoxical sleep indeed. <laughs> it's super odd. Babies spend nine hours a day in REM sleep. What? Yeah, like all the time. Is they're it just because they're learning so many things? Yeah, and because they're oh also God. they're also like forming themselves, um, which <laughs> right. is related to the deep sleep more. But yeah, I guess it's mostly the learning then. Yeah, it's nuts. So there was like studies that showed that the more you like were taught in a day or like attempted to learn, the more time your body like stuck you in REM sleep. Oh, weird. So yep. not only is REM sleep definitely associated with like memory retention and like t- skill learning some part of your like subconscious is aware of that and puts you there when you go to bed um so like the more you use like those like parts of your brain the more like when you go to sleep it's like okay we need some rem to like you know really set this correctly sweet that's cool Good job, body. Yeah, and oh, one some piece of evidence for the the REM rebound or the sleep rebound in general. Mm-hmm. This guy kept waking. He got a bunch of male subjects, right? And he kept waking them up right as they entered REM sleep. <laughs> but but then he would let them go back to sleep. So he let them get like eight hours of sleep, but no REM sleep. Right. Um. So as he did this over the course of a week, each night he had to wake them up more and more frequently because they'd more and more quickly enter REM oh. sleep to try and get REM sleep. Oh. So. It's cool. pretty, pretty sweet, bro. And then the last part of sleep is waking up. And this usually happens in like in the REM phase because your most your brain activity. Well, if you don't have an, an alarm set, right, it will happen right. in REM. Otherwise, Naturally. you have no control over yeah. it. Yeah, if your alarm is, goes off, you're like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, you do have. Oh, so I shouldn't say no control. You have. There's something that I think Zach is about to talk about called a circadian rhythm. Um, your circadian rhythm is like your little internal biological clock and it controls a couple of things but like most primarily when you should go to bed and when you should wake up um it's pretty consistent across people but varies dramatically from like when you're born to when you die age-wise so, oh really? Yes. So your circadian rhythm changes over time as you get older. But people of similar age groups, even have in radically different similar. cultures, have similar circadian rhythm. Yes. Whoa, that's super weird. Okay, so what is a circadian rhythm? How do we do this? Why? So the circadian rhythm is sort of what keeps aminals in tune with the sun. Okay. So the night-day cycle keeps them in check. And so basically... uh it just determines whether or not your body feels like going to bed. So when the light's out, your body's like, yeah, I feel pretty energized. Things are going pretty well. And the closer it gets to like what nighttime would be, your body's temperature starts to cool down. You start to release melatonin. Your body's like, kind of like, you should probably go to bed now. <laughs> and then you pass out if you don't have important things to do. Um, so, yeah. Caffeine. And the, so the way that your body can actually... Uh, figure out what the hell's going on. Like, where's the sun? How bright is it outside? Um, the part where your optic nerves cross paths is linked because up. Because the your yeah. right eye. Oh yeah, right. This, this is, is stupid. <laughs> your right eye is connected to. Wait for it. The left half of your brain, 
and your left eye is connected to the right half of yeah, your brain. Yeah, I knew this. Because evolution is blind and dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> they cross at the superchiasmatic nucleus. <laughs> wow, that's a cool name. Yeah. And so uh, it takes the input from your visual cells. Oh, importantly, there's a special class of vision cell thingies called the IPRGCs, intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cells. Um, they're 1% of like your viewing, like rods and cones, nice. but they're not rods and cones. They're another thing. Oh, weird. They make okay. up like 1% of that group of things. Okay. And you can't actually see images or like recognize patterns with them. They're just there to take like a basically a time lapse, uh, or not time lapse, like a long exposure level of light measurement. And so they give you a general idea of about how light it is continuously. So, you know, if there's clouds passing over and stuff, it'll take an average over some period of time. And uh, this is, like, they can't see things besides light. It's, you can't, they're not useful for anything but regulating your circadian rhythm. And so these messages all go to your superchiasmatic nucleus. And then it's like, bruh, pineal gland. Can you go ahead and release some melatonin? It's time for bed. <laughs> the pineal gland is controls, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of different kinds yep. of hormones. So also, yeah. Uh, mystically known as the third eye, but we're not going to go into that because that's pseudoscientific bullshit. <laughs> if anyone ever tells you that their pineal gland is doing something and it has to do with like their third eye, they're lying to you <laughs> or are very themselves. confused. Yeah, anyway. so it can also regulate cortisol and prolactin and growth hormones. So in deep okay. sleep, it's like, go, growth hormone, go. In REM sleep, REM sleep, oh, that's where the band gets the name, I'm pretty sure, anyway. Yes, that's um, uh, They're like, go, prolactin. And then throughout the night, it's like, cortisol levels, follow my lead, which are just, they all kind of regulate how your body is acting during sleep. I'm not okay. go into that too much. It's not super important. <laughs> um, but the fun thing about having a circadian rhythm that's based on light is that you can fuck around with it using light, <laughs> like <laughs> electronics. <laughs> and it's also light bulbs. Kind of bad. <laughs> it's really bad, actually. So uh, exposure to even small amounts of light during sleep can increase your body temperature and your cognitive ability and suppress mel melatonin secretion. And this effect is especially strong for blue light, which those little receptors in your eye are most sensitive to, uh, the IP, IP RGCs. Do you remember Gabrielle's blue light? No. issue freshman year what was her blue light no it's it's basically it was this story about um how blue light affects your eyes and makes you not sleep as well or whatever yeah. but it was like told to her by her like annoying roommate or something and so oh, she like didn't believe was like, it no it's more just like i don't i don't care this is annoying oh, you're yeah, annoying she was super upset about the blue light thing <laughs> that was dumb it's blue light is a thing anyway continue zach so basically you can like uh screw up where your circadian rhythm is set to. You know, if you're asleep, you're supposed to be releasing melatonin. Sure. You're supposed to have a lower body temperature and not much cognitive ability. You're exposed to light, suddenly you're like kind of awake-ish. Not really great. That's why you can just wake up to sunlight. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. Um, so if you are exposed to a bunch of light, uh, either early in your sleep or right before bed, it will delay the onset of sleep by like up to an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, your body will just release melatonin later. It's like, you can just stay up for a while. It's fine. And then if you're exposed to light after you're like halfway through sleep or right after you wake up, it then shifts it the other way. So it makes you more alert and more awake. So if you wake up in a dark room, it's harder to get up and start moving than if you have a bright light you turn on that could like shocks you. And you're like, all right, well, 
okay, I can think a little bit more now. That's the worst, though. <laughs> yeah. So you can make yourself feel like less sleep is okay if you don't li- watch, like, don't look at light before you go to bed and do when you wake up. Yeah, that's not going to change because <laughs> we have to do things because we're people. Not necessarily. So there's things that you can do that help. Yep. Um, the first thing is... Switch Reddit to night mode? No. No, well, that's a so thing. Yeah. That's not the first thing. The first thing is there's something... There's actually a bunch of different ones of these. There's something called Flux, F dot L-U-X, um, that you can that's put on your... a cool name. You can put on your computer. Um, you can put it on your phone if you have an Android. You can or a jailbroken iPhone. If you have a jailbroken iPhone. Um, and Not that it, we advocate violating the warranty of your... Electronic device, Yo, but also we don't it. really Jailbreak care. Jailbreak your iPhone. It's so much better. Anyway, <laughs> Might run more slowly. Um, probably not, though. So if you, uh, so anyway, you get this application. What it does is that uh, like over, uh, over the course of the day, as, it, as the sun goes down, it turns down the blue light on your computer. Oh. Um, so you're actually, your screen becomes more yellow. You don't notice uh, at all. Um, because it happens really gradually. Well, you'll notice if you if you have it set too much, or if you like accidentally turn it off. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's blinding. You're, it's really weird. Oh, oh, I said my, like, my transition speed is set to twenty seconds, not sixty. Oh, minutes. that's stupid. <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> yeah. I'll go ahead and um, fix it. Yeah, you should change that. Yep. Um, but yeah, so what yeah. what happens oh. is that uh, if you like accidentally like turn it off, which or intentionally like Zach, sometimes Zach and I'll be like going to watch a movie and he's like turn off flux because it messes with the colors on the screen sure and then you turn it off and it's like it's the same as when you wake up in the morning and someone shines a bright light in your yep. face but what's weird is that the screen doesn't get any brighter it just gets more blue it just starts emitting blue light and all of a sudden you're like oh god it's daytime like, what's I, happening <laughs> i just did that like we're not in a super well lit little studio here and it's kind of dark outside because it's kind of almost nighttime ish because it's ithaca um, and it's winter now yep and I just I just changed the transition time, and so it just started transitioning like 20 minutes ago or something, and so it just transitioned fully. But now I'm only a third of the way through transition, so all of a sudden it was blue as hell. I was like, eh, I'm awake. <laughs> I felt more awake. Yeah, it's so, weird. So yeah, but so if you turn that on and set it correctly, such that it gets uh, it like you get less blue light closer to your bedtime, that's very good um, because, like Zach said, those specific. Um, photoreceptors in your eyes respond by far most heavily to blue light. So if you limit the amount of blue light, that's good. Also, starting to like turn off the lights in your house, or if you have dimmer switches, leaving them on dim as much as possible as you get closer to bedtime uh, is like a huge thing. Um, also, just like not having your phone physically on you for a half an hour before you go to bed, which I know nobody but will that's ever ridiculous, do. Shane. I know. What but if I get a late night at least call? turn the brightness down in your phone. But at le- yeah, at least turn the at brightness least. down, and if you can, turn flux on. Um, because if you have the brightness all the way down in your phone, not that much light. I feel like Noah caught that I said, what if I get a late night booty call? No, I caught it. Just <laughs> oh, I didn't hear it. No, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's, yeah. Okay, yee. cool. I got to uh, get uh, that. Can uh, I get that yee. on? Yeah, I got cool. you. You can. Yeah, Sweetie it's super That'll so be our blog post. We'll post instructions on how to. Yeah, our, our our this is like a classic joke. I guess we're doing now. That'll be our blog post. <laughs> we have like never posted. Literally, on the it's blog. only him that ever <laughs> makes that joke. Don't tell anyone. 
Christy will find out. Maybe we'll actually do it this time. I'll do it. I'm doing it right now. Okay, perfect. Bold move. Ooh, putting it in see the if it works out for him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bold move, Gun. Uh, so this is so much true and the case that... <laughs> <laughs> both of them. It's both true and the case. That they are now designing a spacecraft to mimic a light day cycle. <laughs> so in the mornings and the middays, it is more blue light and it slowly dims and becomes more That's warm and cool. orange as the day goes on. That is cool. Yep. And then so astronauts sleep good because we want our astronauts in tip-top shape to not have their bones be degraded as rapidly as it happens in space. Wait, is this whole blue light thing related to like it gets dark and there's less blue light because it's scattered and that's why sunsets are red? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's well, why. Almost certainly. And so yeah. you're like, okay, so it's getting nighttime. So that would be the less blue light in the, in the air, yes. in the yep. sky. So. Yeah, totally. Bedtime. 100%. Oh, cool. Swiggity swoody. Swiggity swoody. Because at night, the only thing you got for light is things that are on fire. Which is red. <laughs> like my cell phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Solution to sleeping problems, set, set your, your cell, cell phone on fire. fire. <laughs> I was going to say use candles, but I guess that works. <laughs> use your cell phone as a candle. So some people were like, what if we don't have the sun to look at? How does our body figure out circadian rhythm? Yeah, what if I'm in a cave? Yep. So this sort of thing is called free-running circadian rhythm. <laughs> One person actually put himself in a cave. Yep. Just wanted to point that out. A bunch of people. Yes. Put themselves, some people put themselves in boxes and stuff. On not like they're very big boxes, like <laughs> like to mail boxes. themselves kind no, of no. boxes. <laughs> no. So this this one experiment got these people in a room. Right, and they had control of like the lights and stuff, and they had food and whatever. But they're otherwise totally isolated from the outside world. Right, no communication, no email, no anything. They even installed copper coils all around the living unit just so, like, outside electromagnetic fields wouldn't be able to penetrate in there. So oh any, my. yeah, Good Lord. so hardcore, right? And then they found out that the people in this study either slept like as short as sixteen hours, or rather. Their days, their like cycles, lasted as short as 16 hours or as long as like 35 hours. And they pulled out an average and it was like, oh, so 25 hours is what our circadian rhythm turns into free running. But as we just talked about, exposure to artificial light or really any light um, can shift yeah, the circadian sure. rhythm in either direction. So if someone just decided they were just going to like leave the lights on until right before bed and not turn them on in the morning, that would continuously shift their circadian rhythm later and later and later. <laughs> And if this person was like, oh, I'll just turn off the lights off real early and then flip them on right as I get up to wake up, shift it earlier and earlier and earlier. And so you get this spread, right? And so someone was like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, we didn't know that at the time, but now we know that we need to do this right. So this one study was like, all right, we'll give people a six-day week. They have to stay awake for 28 hours a day, right? And so these people lived this way for like a while, right? And every single uh, week... They went through seven cycles of body body temperature fluctuations, hormone of like melatonin fluctuations and things, at about twenty four hours and ten point eight minutes. Oh, which cool. is can we just that's insane. They were only off by ten minutes. That's crazy. They didn't have it. It's crazy. We're really good. We're really well evolved to the place that we live. Yep, that's it's super cool. Totally nuts. And uh, the reason circadian rhythm is important is that if you don't sleep, like, in this time surrounding your circadian rhythm, like, regulated time of sleep, you don't sleep as well. Your, short will be, your sleep will be shorter and shittier in general. So, you know, if you're, like, if you're trying to get your eight hours in the middle of the day, it's not going to be a good time. 
Like you might be in bed for eight hours, but you'll be pretty restless. You won't be asleep the whole time. You won't be as deep in sleep because your 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 melatonin levels are going to be not as high as they should, and your body temperature is going to be like relatively warm. So it's generally just not going to be a good time. And then you're going to be like the time you're supposed to be asleep, you're going to be kind of groggy and not functioning optimally because you got sure. melatonin blasting through your body. Weird thing about melatonin though. We don't really understand the mechanism of how it like regulates your sleep because nocturnal animals also have higher melatonin at night, and those are the <laughs> ones that are awake at night. What? Yeah. I mean, do they? They just potentially have different neuroreceptors Probably. that respond to the I would guess. Way to I didn't melatonin. read that, but that That's is a, bizarre. Yeah. Um, don't worry, guys. I made the blog post. Oh my god! Sweet Becky, look at her butt. Um, yeah. So that's that's. That's circadian rhythm in a nutshell, in cool. like a small box underground shell, <laughs> with in a cave with copper coils to block incoming electromagnetic radiation. Yep. Okay, so we talked about dreams a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to talk about them a little bit more? What else is there to talk about? Um, dreams. There was the thing with Tetris. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of related to what's the point of sleep. Sure. True. Do we want to talk about what's the point of sleep? Stick that. Yeah. In wait. There. Hold on. I have a question. <laughs> What is the point of sleep? <laughs> no, no, but seriously. Wait, like, okay, actually, before we get there, I just realized that napping makes more sense with the thing we were just talking about. It does? About. Oh, Let's it do does. That. Yeah. So, Sorry, um, so, yeah, so the, the uh, way fine, that we I'll sleep, the way that we sleep is called monophasic. There's one phase. You sleep, you sleep all at once in a day. You're like asleep and then you're awake and then the next day you're asleep oh, and then oh, you're awake. Oh, I thought you were saying, I thought you were directly you contradicting your whole sleep no, phase sorry. thing. No, those are sleep, those ago. are stages. Gotcha. Not phases. It's very confusing. Gotcha. Um, totally different. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Those words are synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know. Well, whatever. So uh, so anyway, so this is... So mono, you get all your sleep at once. You're supposed to be awake you, you for a long bed. time, and then you're supposed to be asleep for a long time, yeah, and that's it. And that's it. Uh, however... There have been people who have argued with pretty much no evidence that humans were naturally biphasic. And then it turns out there was a little bit of evidence, so it wasn't actually with no evidence. But, like, biphasic just means that they slept two times a day. Okay. Um, One might call this napping. (laughs) So, uh, So what's interesting is that there's, like, Zach found some evidence of... Yeah, like so early this cultures. Is, this is this dude who went for 16 years, just like read books and found references to first sleep and second sleep. And it was like, like people talked about sleep as like, you know, like out, Oh, like yeah. I woke up from first sleep and had a drink and then had sex and then went back to second sleep. As if it was just like a what? thing. Like no, they didn't say like, Oh, first sleep, which by the way is the first. They, they just, just like, talked about it. Like it was super like, cash. Yeah, first sleep and then second sleep, you know, whatever. What? And so, which implies that at some point, just everyone had a first and second sleep, or yeah, at least we're at aware. At some of point it. before uh, light bulbs were invented, specifically. specifically. Interestingly enough, so oh, which would man. imply a more quote-unquote natural, like, uh, like setting, sure, right for sleep, because like we said, we're by forcing ourselves to experience light all the time, we actually are fucking with our circadian rhythms. So I guess, um, like, if you wake up in the middle of the night, don't be like, shit, I'm not sleeping, this sucks. You might just be, like, kind of waking up briefly, try to go back to bed. If you can't, maybe have a drink of something warm or, like, not alcohol, because that'll probably not help you sleep at all, make it worse. Uh, 
you know, so maybe... I shouldn't be chugging tequila shots when <laughs> no. I have. I wake maybe up put at on some dim lights and read a book or something. Don't look at your phone. Don't go on the computer. Don't start shouting at the top of your lungs and <laughs> slamming your head into walls. You know, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> just kind of relax and go back to bed if you can. <laughs> Thanks, just Zach. Picturing, just picturing Thanks, Zach Dr. waking Zach. up in the middle of the night. Just ah 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 ah. <laughs> The, then you're freaking out about being awake. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the clock. You don't want. You don't, it doesn't matter what time it is. If you're awake, you can go back to sleep. Just go back to right. sleep. It's so, not important. So anyway, so um, so back to biphasic sleep. So it turns out, if you take people and put them in an artificial setting where they only get ten, um, what is it, photo something hours, ten hours of light. Okay. Right? As opposed to like what would be a standard sixteen-ish hours of light. Now okay. note that like. Ithaca in the dead of winter, we probably only get like 10 to 12 hours of light. So it's not that artificial. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was taking people who were currently experiencing 16 hours of light and just immediately putting them in a place where there were only 10. So there was no adjustment time. Yeah, not However, like a slow shift from summer to right. winter. However, they did start when like left to their own devices to sleep. Now, there's also people who like had nothing else to do all day because they're just in this experiment. But when left to their own devices to sleep, they tended toward having two... Um, like four-ish hour long uh, sleep periods. Separated by like an hour or two. So right. sort of like th- as described in these historical sources, this guy said. But also it took them like two hours to fall asleep. They were so bored they just kind of like laid in bed all the time. <laughs> right. So they weren't really like tired enough to go to bed and they're just, but they didn't have anything to do because the lights were off. Because yeah. the sun went down. Yeah. So there's no more light. Um. So... So anyway, so that does sort of lean toward this biphasic theory, at least when there is more nighttime to experience. Um, it's definitely possible that it's because people were trying to sleep too much because it was dark too much and they didn't have anything else to do. So they would like... Might as well just go to sleep. You know, that makes like, a lot of sense because back in the day, there wasn't a lot to do at night and also right. it was dangerous to go outside and like because there were no lights and, and no lights there were and there animals be witches that and were trying to eat things witches. out there like who knows yeah my favorite so animal. you would just be like all right time to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you'd be like all right well it's time to go to bed but you wouldn't be tired because you've only been awake for 10 hours and you haven't really been doing very much but i don't have and my so, witch killing gear right so I also you had no idea what time it was right this is an, <laughs> oh god time was, usually it's like it was oh i'll like, just look at the sun and see where it is oh there's no sun i'm just gonna go to bed so then so then you weren't really tired but eventually your body would fall asleep because we're talking about before your brain eventually just convinces itself that it's asleep and then you wake up a few hours later because you weren't really tired and you're like fuck so you like have sex or something and then you're a little bit more tired so then you go i'm mentioning that specifically i was that, like yeah was gonna, that, was this thing, one? that was this one specifically yeah specifically like, the thing they'd that get up did. and write or read or sex or like have a snack and then just go to bed or like oh no they'd smoke or pray. That was the other one. Yeah, Smoking and praying. It was, mainly, it, was, it was, oh, it was even, there was advice recommending that after, the best time to conceive is between first and second sleeps because you're better <laughs> at it. <laughs> I, both aspects of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, so, uh, and then they would just go back to bed because they're like, well, there's still nothing to do because it's still dark out. Um, well, I've done all the things. I've read right. my book. I've smoked. I've right. prayed. The candle burned down to its nub. Right. I only have so much money so, for candles. So contrary <laughs> to like a few things that I've been reading on the internet that people are saying, I don't think it's we have any evidence that humans are like biologically hardwired to be biphasic. I think it makes the most sense to like explain us as monophasic, which is weird. 85% of the animal kingdom is polyphasic. They have more than one sleep per day. Um, 
And so it is strange, but like primates, mostly monophasic. So not that absurd to assume that humans are also monophasic. Um, what yeah, if the uh, now, primitive condition for uh, sleeping in primates is like monophasy, then yeah, right. that would be a huge sign. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so now, but, but, but however, like but, I said but, but. before, napping is a thing, mm-hmm. and people certainly do it. Yeah. Obviously, particularly someone that I may or may not be staring at right now. Dude, naps are like my hobby. Dave literally takes a three-hour nap before every single show. (laughs) Um, This is true. Except for the ones that we're researching for, like specifically that he's an expert for. But then he takes a three-hour nap before starting expert. But usually I don't have anything to do. You know, I've read, (laughs) I've smoked, I've prayed. But yeah, so so, um, anyway, so napping. So there's three different kinds of napping, right? Um, there's there's, there's a three, planned, wait, there's three types of no, types not of just napping. Like napping. No. So and you're, I'm going to say this. And you're going to make it. It's going to make a ton of sense. So there's planned napping. Planned napping is like Dave going. Well, we have a show in four hours, and I want to be awake for the show, but I don't have anything to do between now and the show, and I know I'll be tired if I don't nap. So I'm just going to take a nap right now. That's how most of my on purpose, work. and then I'll be awake later in the day when I want. Yeah. Um, there's emergency napping. Which is like you watch somebody <laughs> in the library, hilarious. which is this is usually like unplanned and potentially unintentional. Where like you see somebody working on something in the library and you look away and you look back and they're just passed out on their desk. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was not on purpose. So that's emergency napping, which is just your body going, hey, bedtime now, no matter what. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> um, and then there's habitual napping, which is like a lot of children and like elderly people do this where it's like, you know, it's nap time. So like you take a nap at one o'clock after lunch every single day. Oh, okay. Like that's nap time. Gotcha. Um, so that's a habitual nap. Um, if you have emergency naps, you need to sleep more. <laughs> Those are bad. That's your body going, Hey, you're nap. not sleeping enough. Here, sleep. <laughs> Overridden. <laughs> yeah. You're going to bed now. I was talking to Zach and I was like talking I was talking to Zach and like having this realization at the same time that like most of your like body's processes are like run by like this operating system and it's it's and then your consciousness is like a user program, like Spotify or Facebook or something that's like running on top of the operating system, and it's just like a really shitty user program. <laughs> and so like it's when you're when you're going to sleep, it's the same thing as like when your computer is like restarting to install updates. And you and like it's super annoying, right? Because you're like it's gonna like force re it, like force restart itself. You can't do anything. And it's literally on purpose because if it the computer's turned off, you can't fuck with any of the updates. It's exactly the same as your brain going, all right, well, I can't get you to stop fucking around while I'm trying to fix shit, so I'm just going to turn you off for a few hours so I can fix it while you're not fucking around. Um, so napping is like the operating system going, yeah, you keep fucking around, and I need to fix shit. It just turns you off. Um, so, Forced updates. Yeah, so... Um, but in general, though, so uh, so it depends on depending on um, like the amount of time you nap depends on like the kind of nap you're having. So like a power nap is def- is like actually just it was a, that was actually a term coined by a psychology professor at Cornell. Interestingly, ooh. Um, but so a power nap. We have claimed a power nap. All you other Ivy Leagues can suck it. <laughs> so a power nap is also called a stage two nap. 
and it means it, it's just because you get into and not out of stage two. So you start to fall asleep. You experience stage one, which is like basically the act of falling asleep. You're in stage two, but you wake up before you get into deep sleep. Um, that's important because like we said before, if you wake up in deep sleep, you're kind of fucked. Um, so that's like a tw- 10 to 20 minute nap, power nap. And the reason it's called that is because it's like it's sort of just enough to convince yourself that you slept. So you're energized for like an hour to an hour and a half afterward, and there's very little sleep inertia. So I said sleep inertia before is like the amount of time it takes to become like alert again after you've woken up. If you only make it into stage two, then when you wake up, there's not a lot of sleep inertia. So you can wake up in like 10 to 20 minutes later, feel like pretty grand. Okay. Um, Something to note is that like a bunch of sleep experts were, I saw suggesting that like basically if you're like on the road, so I just like, I, this past weekend I had... I drove all the way to Cambridge and then a few days later drove all the way back. So it was a five and a half hour trip each way. And I was actually fine because I drank some coffee, which I never do. So when I drink coffee, it's like super effective on me. And so I, um, and I'm a Pokemon. Yeah, I did it for you. It's okay. Thank you. Um, but so, uh, so it like, it has, it, I'm like, I have absolutely no tolerance for alcohol. So I, or, I mean, sorry, I also don't have any tolerance <laughs> yeah, for don't, alcohol. Don't probably. Drink Correct. I don't have any tolerance for caffeine. And so, uh, so I just like stayed like totally awake. I have like a single cup of coffee. Um, but so what they suggest is if you're on the road and experiencing drowsiness, um, please get off the road because that's terrifying. You're yep. driving like a thousand pound vehicle. Um, and so, but what they suggest is uh, get off the road, get a cup of coffee, drink the cup of coffee and take a 20 minute nap. It takes caffeine like 30 to 40 minutes to kick in. And remember that focus on that. 30, 40 minutes, that means the placebo effect is what's causing your super right. energy immediately. Right. Which is what happens to me when Annie pedals her espresso <laughs> or dark chocolate covered espresso beans and I eat them and I'm immediately like hyper and then I develop a headache in like 15 minutes. Because <laughs> That's not the coffee. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so what, so what happens is you it's drink like you, barely in your stomach by right. that point. I know. <laughs> so you drink the coffee and like you, you like your body hasn't experienced any of it at all. So you can still fall asleep because you still feel drowsy. So take a nap. You'll then wake up and feel a little bit alert because you just took a nap. And then by the time the alertness from the nap wears off, you're like fully at the peak of the caffeine high. And so you'll be like alert then as well. Cool. Um, So that's the solution to that problem. That's only in like places where you can't just like go to bed instead because that's obviously a better solution. Again, if you have an emergency nap, it's (laughs) because your body is shutting you down because you're being an idiot. Um so yeah okay just, so like, emergency nap that just seems like such an oxymoron it's <laughs> <Just>, like emergency <laughs> sleep is serious true. business it's so Dave. important though now the other thing emergency to note, nap that's a great band name <laughs> um the other thing to note is that for people in insom- suffering from insomnia or depression um naps can actually aggravate already disrupted disrupted sleep wake patterns huh. um so both of those conditions, I mean, specifically insomnia, like, is defined well, by yeah. <laughs> a negative sleep-wake pattern. Um, uh, just, uh, l- other mental um, disorders, including depression, can also cause, like, pretty dramatically disrupted sleeping patterns. And taking long naps, not like the 10 to 20-minute power naps, ones in which you enter deep sleep or enter REM, trick your body into thinking that it has slept more than it actually has, which makes it more difficult to go to bed later at night. Weird. Yeah. So 
Again, looking at someone right here who happens, who I know happens to have trouble going to bed late at night, um, or going to bed and not late at night, um, and also naps a lot. Uh, something to take note of, and the problem with that is that you're not uh, proportion the the like the amount to which you're awake is not proportionate to the amount that you've slept. So like you take an hour and a half long nap, and your body's like, "Okay, I slept." And then you try to go to bed three hours later, and it's like, no, 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 I just, I just slept. And it's like, no, you only slept for an hour and a half. This so wait, like so is there is there a solution to this in terms of like nap length, or is it just no naps at all? Well, yeah, you would take ten to twenty minutes. Okay, you so take the only power nap, power nap is yeah. enough to because your body forgets for about that hours. after like an hour. Gotcha. Um, and then so, focus on like sleeping normally. Like for if you get that full eight hours at night, you're you won't want to nap as much, and if you you won't have to because you yeah. won't be sleep deprived, right? Um, and we'll, we'll talk about oh, you're going to talk about like sleep environments, right? Yeah, sleep yeah, hygiene. So we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, I think that's pretty hygiene. much it with napping. Yeah, I've personally like if I am if I wake up from a nap after four thirty, I will it will take me a full hour to like feel sleepy from laying in bed. I'll like lie in bed and be like, "Damn it." <laughs> And just I will just be completely awake for at least half an hour, probably yeah. an hour. And I'm like usually pretty good at going to sleep. Yeah. And it just it you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sleep too late, definitely. So, but that that power nap is is the sh- the sh- jimmies. I was gonna say the yeah whatever. You have to be, and we know the solution too. It's just like you wake up and you have the sleep inertia. Just turn on a really bright light. Yeah. Because then your brain's like, oh, it's daytime. <laughs> and then you have to get up. That's the sun. <laughs> so why is the sun in my room? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Let's talk about sleep hygiene then. Skip right there. Yeah. Perfect. So, how the balls do you fall asleep more betterer? Right. Zach is like the king of sleep hygiene. I am an expert on this. It's stuff. pretty impressive. Like I'm pretty good at falling asleep, but not because I do all of the correct things. I just like am probably a little bit sleep deprived and like have a healthy mindset about it. Zach just like literally does all the things that all the textbooks are like. This is what you should do in order to sleep well. <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose. It just like is a thing. Like I, you know, I brush my teeth and then or I floss and then I brush out my teeth and I take out my yeah, contacts. Yeah, the stress about put it my flosses. retainer in and then I. Well, I guess I put my retainer before I take out my contacts. Dude, no, just okay. Then, we get it. You have so a I don't know. This is important though. Actually, like he has a whole order to everything. Yeah. So he, I can tell you. So I take off all my clothes except my shorts. I grab my shower caddy. I take it into the bathroom. Right. This is true. I yeah. floss. I brush my teeth. I put my retainer in. I take out my contacts. I walk back to my room. I set my alarm. I set my fans. Uh, I you put in my earplugs. Turn my phone off. Turn off the light. Check the alarm to make sure it's at the right time. And then I go to bed. Okay, but let's not forget like several minutes of punching me in between each of these. That's steps. only if you're in my way when I'm trying to get my. Sleep That's ridiculous. Done. My room is in between your room and the bathroom. Okay, I'm consistently <laughs> in your way. That's when I don't want to go to bed, and I'm like, but I have to go to bed. Ooh, I can delay my next step if By I just punching punch Dave. Dave a few times. <laughs> so a big thing in like how well someone sleeps is genetics. But sleep hygiene can have an equivalent amount of impact on how much you sleep. So sleep hygiene is you, you can control this, and it's so it's crucial. So to even be aware if you have bad genetics, yeah. that means that good sleep hygiene could potentially counter all of the effects that you're feeling from bad genetics, as opposed to somebody with good genetics who has bad sleep hygiene. You guys could sleep the same amount, but you if you have both bad sleep hygiene and bad genetics, you're dooming yourself. <laughs> So, number of things here. One is drugs. Don't do them. <laughs> so, nicotine, caffeine, and alcohol will all screw up how well you sleep, like your sleep duration, quality, and onset of sleep. 
um, especially the closer to bed that you take them. So Which is unfortunate because everyone consumes alcohol pretty much up until they go to bed. Yep, you will not sleep well when if you consume alcohol, even if it feels like okay. Like I've okay, interesting thing is anecdotal kind of because who knows how reliable the Fitbit is. But on the nights where I have like drunk a lot before going to bed, I have more restlessness and also my heart rate doesn't go as low. So that's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That makes sense. Uh, regular meal times right. can help you fall asleep faster. If you eat, like you stuff your face right before you go to bed, uh, you might like food coma, but you probably won't pass out correctly. <laughs> you might like take a nap and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so food comas aren't actually like a good way to fall asleep. It, I mean, it depends. Is if it you're just, going for that, like a nap. So, so is a food coma more akin to like an emergency nap in that your body is spending so much energy on digestion? It's like, all right, we need to shut everything else down. It's kind of like, oh, well, the thing is it like it jacks up the levels of everything in your blood. And so your body's all out of whack. It's like, what is, uh, I can't regulate anything. <laughs> so then you go to bed. But then like 40 minutes later, you're just left with a ton of glucose. And so your ah, body's like, that's sugar time for everybody who's I found unaware. a bunch of energy, guys. This is great. So Everything's all broken down and you're yeah. just like, huh, all that's left is sugar. <laughs> Additionally, going Whee! to bed hungry can delay your sleep. So my God, Colleen the other night, yeah. like, uh, she literally like, she went to bed and she was like, she's like, I don't really know what happened. I like kept waking up like multiple times, like really couldn't sleep. And finally at like four in the morning, I like walked, I like got up, like stood up and was like, I realized I was starving, <laughs> like absolutely starving. Like had to like eat food. It was so hungry that I couldn't sleep, which is weird. Like that's not a thing that happens to her frequently because she doesn't need to eat very much food because she's tiny. Um, but, but yeah, like that, that like definitely, I mean, it's like, it's not even, it's just logic. Like it totally makes sense having experienced hunger that it would prevent you from sleeping. <laughs> oh, last night I was like having trouble falling asleep. I was like, what the hell? Oh shit. I didn't take out my contacts. <laughs> so you know, that's a nice thing about having like such a habitual, uh, like thing before going to bed every night. So if you don't do it, you're going to be hyper aware of the thing that you messed yeah, up. Like sometimes I forget to put my retainer in and I lie down and I go, and Something is wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Um, regular exercise also helps you fall asleep more better more easily. Um, having consistent sleep and wake up times uh, will also help. And it also predicts a better GPA and mood. So if you're sleeping every which corner of the globe of a day, you're just going to be <laughs> kind of like so, upset. And what's unfortunate is that also includes weekends. Yep. 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 Um, yes. So it means that like, if you're at like you're you're going to be best off like best case scenario is like trying to optimize both like sleep consistency and sleep time so really if it means getting a half an hour less sleep on like the weekdays and a half an hour less sleep on the weekends such that you can meet up and have the same like wake like uh, like sleep times and wake times, mm -hmm. you're better off because the consistency will mean that you're getting better sleep gotcha. every night. I disregard this one because uh, I just like having longer amounts of sleep, but I should maybe not. So <laughs> I mean, actually, I guess it's because my weekend sleep and wake times compared to my weekday are so drastically different. Yeah, it exactly. wouldn't well, you be have worth such early classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another thing is light exposure. This is huge. This is one we already it's talked probably the about. Biggest so. Thing. 
like you know try try to stay away from any bright lights, anything with blue light, staring at your phone or computer, right? Then also just the the general like schedule of things to do before bed. Like if you have a little checklist, even if it's pretty short, that makes you spend like five to fifteen minutes doing things that are like not really thinking about much, not really like looking at any lights or anything, and kind of following a routine. And then you just get in bed and you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is if your bed is the place where you sleep, not the place where you play on your computer or, like, jump on the bed and have a fun time party. or Like, like if you s- use your bed only for sleep, when you get in bed, your body's like, okay, time to go to sleep. <laughs> so, like, if you lie down in bed during the day and take half-assed naps, like, you're kind of screwing with yourself because yeah. your, bu- then your body doesn't know when it's supposed to Well, where am I supposed completely. to take my half-assed naps? Couch. Couch. Um, but actually, so remember we said that, like, a lot of the, like, most of the ways that your body puts you to bed is, like, by making these grand assumptions. <laughs> yeah. You want one of the assumptions to be, I'm physically in bed. Because then when you're physically in bed, your body goes, okay, bedtime. And you <laughs> shut off. Let's do it. You don't want to, like, you, you don't want to confuse your that system at all by doing anything else in your bed. Anything else you do in your bed is, like, another option for your body. Like, you lie down, your body goes, well, it could be bedtime. But maybe it's Reddit time. I'm not sure. <laughs> and then you go into like the wrong state of mind where you're not trying to fall asleep, and your body's like, "I'm gonna think about all the things that would happen on Reddit right now," <laughs> which is completely useless if you're trying to go to bed. And then Tai Chi, yoga, meditation, all kinds of like slow meditation. Well, and those are all in some sense meditation, depending on how you go about them, can help you fall asleep. Even if you do them immediately before bed, as long as it's low intensity, you don't sweat too much. You know. Um, and then that's pretty much all for sleep hygiene. And then also sleep drugs don't really work. So if you take a sleep drug, your sleep stages won't happen in the right order because it kind of like drugs you to sleep. Um, your sleep won't be as good. You might sleep like half an hour longer on average, but like sleep drugs aren't meant to be taken for more than a week. So I mean, so what are sleep drugs for? Just to sort of reset your schedule? Well, the, the idea is if you like, if you're having trouble falling asleep mm. and you want to go to sleep because you have to get up for something. Yeah. Take a sleep drug. Um, you can also take Shitty like, sleep is better than no sleep at all. Yeah. Sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, if you have better sleep hygiene, hopefully you can just fall asleep. And so it's a better option than taking a sleep drug. And even like you can get melatonin capsules that release the melatonin to your system. But, you know, there's only so much in there. And if it doesn't coincide with your circadian rhythm and a sustained release from your pineal gland it's not really going to have a huge effect but it might help gotcha yeah yeah okay so we're getting close to the end of our show here but uh, uh let's see can we i don't know what else you guys have that you well, want i like, wanted to do my last the we can go for over right we're not we can i think no i have to go to work oh oh, oh no. i have to go back to work guys dang okay. um well then let's just do the stuff that i wrote down right after what okay. you just said um, so this is, so we're just going to talk about like, here's just sort of like some, I'm going to shock the, I'm hopefully going to shock all of you into sleeping more. That's the goal right now. Like scare you into sleeping more. Here's why. So basically, um, if you were to say, stay awake for 24 hours straight, right? Which is, um, conceivable. Actually, I'd like unintentionally stayed awake from, nine o'clock Monday morning until 11 o'clock Tuesday night this week. Cause 
some shit was gone down. And so I was awake for like 39, 38 hours straight. Holy crap, Jesus right? Christ. Okay, so here's here's the thing. If you're awake for 24 hours straight, you're operating at the pretty much the same capacity as someone with a blood alcohol content of 0.1. That's <sighs> Holy drunk. God. That's just drunk. That person is drunk. You're Point, over the legal limit. 0.15 is like warning zone level yeah so point one is drunk um note that that means now so here's here's the other important component of that so 24 hours straight most people are be like well okay but like i don't frequently actually stay up for 24 hours straight that's a huge amount of time no one would do that I'd just go to bed at some point okay the problem is that sleeping six hours a night for 12 days straight is has the equivalent effect of staying up for 24 hours straight wait wait say that again if you get if you so basically it adds up like directly. So uh-huh. if you miss two hours of sleep every night for twelve days, that's the same as staying awake for twenty four hours straight. Jesus Christ. Okay. So you're drunk. Raise your hand if you frequently sleep six hours a night. Yeah. Six and a yeah. half. Oh yeah. So you're always operating. All of us raised our hands now, because this is a radio show and none yeah. of you could see that. Well, I was hoping that like listeners would do it too because that would be just kind of funny. Raise your um, hands. <laughs> but We're going to so, count you. Um, so uh, so that, means, that means two kind of scary things. One is that people are very unaware of the extent to which their alertness is hindered by sleep deprivation. Because actually after the second day of like sleep deprivation, sleeping at a deficit – you stop becoming aware of the effects that it has on you. So, for example, like both Colleen and I talk about a lot having like gone through high school, like only getting like five or six hours of sleep a night at a maximum, frequently far less. Um, and at the time, it seemed totally like I was operating. I was like, I was fine. Like I was totally fine, like operating totally at maximum capacity. And then I got to school and freshman year, I was like, I'm just going to sleep the correct amount. And you know, I would go to bed at like yeah. 11, 30, 12 o'clock every night, freshman year. Cause I had nine Oh fives. And I like had three weeks into the semester was like, Holy shit. What was I doing to myself? Like <laughs> this is like, the, it's not even comparable the way I felt sleeping eight hours a night, every night to like what I was doing to myself in high school. It's crazy how different it was, but people are completely unaware of like the amount that it affects them and the amount that it affects you is the same as being straight up drunk. Here's the other scary thing. When you're actually drunk, you're operating double drunk. So your blood alcohol content is like whatever it is, but the way that you're acting due to that blood alcohol content is compounded by your sleep deprivation. So super tired plus drunk is like, Bullet. Super drunk. And the problem with that is that no one is aware to what extent they're sleep deprived, and most people are pretty sleep deprived. And people feel like they can be fine on six hours of sleep as long as they've been doing it for more than three days. Which is also kind of scary because the longer you do it for, the worse it is and the less you're aware of how bad it is. Um so for only so here's here's the thing. So wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. We we asked our audience to uh, raise their hand if they slept about six hours a night. Yeah. Do we have any like actual data on like say average American sleep time? Yeah, six hours a night. Wow. It's like six and a half. Wow. During the week. During the week. See the so, thing is that some, so Americans so are basically consistently drunk. This is this is if yep. every Which six is hours not surprising. a night for twelve days straight. There are weekends. Yeah. Which 
makes it somewhat salvageable, right? What was the yes. stat? So, oh, yeah, yeah, right. you can, okay. so what I was going to say is that um, one night of good sleep is enough to help you rebound from up to five nights of too little sleep. So, so as long as you don't restrict the way you sleep on the weekends, and that means not going to bed drunk at least one or two nights, um, you, you can recover from the previous week, depending on the extent to which you had a sleep deficit. Um, but if you miss one weekend, you're kind of screwed unless you actively take a few nights off because say you miss one weekend. Now you're at 12, 12 days. You're at like, yeah, 12 days, right? Yeah. By the time the next weekend comes around, if you, you know, now you're like pushing to like Sunday, whatever, then time the next weekend comes around, you need more than a weekend's worth of sleep to catch up on the previous sleep, which you won't get. So your sleep deprivation will continue to compound until you take a, like a week off to sleep correctly. So this is the, yeah, this is why like emergency naps happen and exactly. sleep rebound happens and stuff because your body's like, Jesus Christ, go to bed. <laughs> um, now, so part of what actually happens, like just to like scare you more, I hope, um, your brain structures start to literally deteriorate. So the bridge between your prefrontal cortex and your amygdala deteriorates. Your prefrontal cortex is the thinking part, and the amygdala is the emotion part. You start to have irrational emotional responses. It literally leads to impulsiveness and depression. Note that what I said before was that depression causes sleep issues which causes which cause depression so never so, ending cycle unless you can actively reinforce to the best extent possible good sleep hygiene and sleeping a lot consistently like the correct amount um also problem with this even if you don't have like clinically diagnosed depression sleep deprivation this like you know, this degradation of this bridge between these two components of your brain uh, causes impulsiveness, which means when it's around 10 o'clock at night and the rational part of you is like, okay, I need to start getting ready for bed. The impulsive part of you is like, but I could just turn on smash or punch Dave. that instead. Or punch Dave. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that impulsiveness causes you to sleep worse because it causes you to do things that would you prevent you from sleeping you well. Sleep that are not sleeping. Yes. And then... Now we're at the next day, and it's degraded even worse, and vicious cycle. Um, so that's kind of a problem, and the only solution is willpower. You I thought you were going to say more cowbell, but... The only prescription. Yeah. So, yes. um, uh, and there's, like, some other, like, sort of very negative effects. Uh, for infants as young as six months old, the amount of sleep that they get on average can predict weight gain three years later. Wow. Because remember that impulsiveness thing? Wow. Um, And the other thing that's like this, I just liked this. Because of circadian rhythms, and I mentioned that they change over time, right? So something that is particularly horrible to me is that we force uh, like elementary through high school students who need like 9 to 11 hours of sleep every night and whose circadian rhythms want them to go to bed at 11 o'clock or a little later which means that they are trying to wake up at like 10 o'clock the next morning to wake up at six o'clock the next morning, which is when they're in their last stage of deep sleep. 
which is the worst time to wake up. Yep. So this this I was we were reading this article and the quote was waking a teen at six in the morning is like waking adult at three o'clock at night. <laughs> which, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Which like in the thing is it's hard for adults who are and, and like waking up their teenage children because they're like it's six o'clock. Why? Like this is not a problem for me to wake up. I don't understand the issue. The problem is not that they're lazy. The problem is that six o'clock for them is three o'clock for you. If you someone hear that, were to wake, so wake you up at three o'clock in the morning, you'd be pretty pissed too. Yeah. You hear that, mom? Waking me up that early. You always complain. I was, I was now, that guy who was like, right. yeah, I'm up. No, I mean, everyone was that guy. Every, like, no. You weren't. You, of course not. The alarm goes break. off and you get out of bed. Right. So, I mean, you have a point, obviously. <laughs> that will help you. So it's the same thing with this habitual thing every single morning. If you always get up to the alarm, you'll always get up to the alarm. As soon as you don't get up to the alarm, the next morning your body's like, well, I could just not get up, though, because I did that yesterday. And then it becomes an option, and then you're kind of fucked. Um, but yeah, so uh, high schools, you're fucking up. <laughs> you're killing the kids, Please man. Please don't start so early. Um, if your yeah. kids will get better grades. Yeah, drastically. Like, very, like, significantly better grades. <laughs> and it will and be in a better mood. Better GPA, better mood. Yeah. Cheapest and creepers. better mood, probably potentially less, fewer, like, uh, like what? What are the like mood what? swings? No, I was thinking like angst. Um, <laughs> less, you can literally destroy teen angst. <laughs> no, but uh, what's what's the disruption like? Problems, uh, behavioral problems. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, you def- probably, probably. Lo- limit that if you let kids sleep more. Yeah, yeah, because they or at least follow less, their circadian. Yeah, right, be more like less impulsive. Yeah, more awake and like. Ooh, yeah, ooh, the impulsivity ooh. thing is important. Mm-hmm. So the question is, why do we spend eight hours a day past the hell out yeah, completely? I have a question. As an evolutionary biologist, um, being unconscious for a third of the day is a terrible idea. You're running from predators. You're trying to not freeze to death. You're trying to not starve to death. Fuck it, I'm just gonna be unconscious for eight hours. That seems like a terrible idea evolutionarily. What the hell kind of selective pressure says that sleep is better than no sleep? It's a good question. So, pretty much all animals, except ones without brains or the tiniest of brains in the world that are super simple, sleep. Everybody sleeps. So, it's a thing. Why is it a thing? <laughs> One might posit, like, oh, energy consumption. That makes sense, right? You like need but to we, we only preserve like 5 to 10%. Yeah, we talked about how it's right? not that big of a difference. Also, hibernating animals will hibernate, rest, so conserve their funny. energy, come out of hibernation, and go into rebound sleep because they're sleep deprived. <laughs> what? <laughs> because they don't sleep during hibernation, they just rest. Sleep serves another purpose besides that. So that's weird. Uh, <laughs> so, like... We don't know why. Okay, there's also some animals that do uh, unihemispheric sleep, so they sleep only half seas of their brain at once. Which cool, yeah. So that'd I, be I think useful. The reason, yeah, it is useful. Yeah, so they the can. It's actually thing. super ridiculous. Yeah, there's <laughs> birds that will like. It's called the group edge effect. They'll all, they'll these birds can choose biphasic or unihemispheric sleep or bihemispheric. Sorry, they sleep they with half their brain sleep. or their yeah. whole brain, um, and. If they're safe, they'll sleep with their whole brain. If not, they'll sleep with half. If they're in a flock, 
The ones on the inside of the flock will sleep with their whole brain, and the ones on the outside will sleep so that their brain, sorry, their one while eye, flying. No, 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 no. okay. Oh, yes, they can do it while they're flying too. Well, they can sleep with half their brain. While yes, they're while they're flying. Yeah. Can but they sleep with their whole brain? No, while they're flying? no. Okay. <laughs> so birds, they can, they can. While they're migrating, they'll sleep with half their brain. Sure, but if they're in like a flock that's landed and hanging out. The ones in the middle will sleep with their whole brain. The ones on the edges will keep one eye open and sleep with the other half of their brain. The one that eye is facing genius. outside. That's to watch for genius. predators. And then dolphins do the same thing but face inside to keep their pod together. Genius. It's yeah. nuts. It's so awesome. That seems like a like now the question is why don't we do that? I don't actually know. Shane and I were thinking that like maybe that our brains are more intertwined in the two halves. And so it's like harder to shut off just one of them more complex brain yeah and also just if we have a more complex brain we need to do more to upkeep it right we just made that up this is not something we found but what sleep actually does is freaking nuts it's stupid important so um it can reduce vascular stress it's believed to reduce vascular stress since people who are healthy um if they are sleep deprived for like a week immediately all blood markers of cardiovascular disease go up yeah wow. i um i went uh when i had mono i couldn't sleep because uh my tonsils were so swollen that i couldn't breathe <laughs> um so for like two nights i like basically didn't sleep at all and then i went uh i went to the doctor because i was like i think i have mono and uh and they took my blood pressure and it was terrifyingly high like so, she like so high that she looked at it and was like i'm gonna take that again and took it again and was like all right you should definitely get this checked out it's kind of scary like it was like that high like the nurse was freaked out um and then, and then but then they gave me something for my tonsils the swelling went down i slept like a rock for two days went to bed at nine o'clock and woke up at 11 o'clock nice and i and then i went to uh i went to another like uh, place because they actually had thought they didn't know what it was and then I went to a place to get an actual like mono test and they were like oh oh yeah yeah no like your like your blood pressure is fine it was like the two days of sleep dropped it she was like well you probably hadn't slept at all because your tonsils were so swollen like right before that right and I was like yeah no like not all she's like yeah it'll just skyrocket your blood pressure right up and it works the other way too if you're like at risk for that your markers go down if you actually sleep enough. Um, another reason that probably require like why we actually have to totally shut down the brain to for to do this stuff is uh, when you consolidate memory, um, the like you basically need to clear out the parts of your brain that hold like working memory and then consolidate the memories into shorter, smaller places so you can like still have room in your brain. Um, and so you know after you learn, you have more REM sleep and deep sleep. But um, Nerve cell dendrites that actually consolidate the memory by sending signals into the cell body they're attached to, um, in order to actually do that, have to have no outside information coming to them and do that a few times. So the only way to have no stimulus to your brain is to just shut your body down <laughs> yeah. and like stop. And so that's why some part of your brain has to be shut down. The question is, why do we shut down both halves? That's not totally clear. Um, in general, when your brain's operating, uh, you're yeah, yeah, I know. Um, toxins and oxidative products build up when you go to sleep. Channels in your brain get about sixty percent wider and can filter oh, out all weird. this stuff. Some of these proteins that get unfolded and become that are like toxins in your brain related to Alzheimer's. So oh. yeah, maybe get some sleep, people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
in general, it helps you deal with emotional and just stress in general. Um, physical repair, like wound healing and burn healing. Uh, HDH is released during your deep sleep, and so that actually makes your body physically repair I, itself. I one you, time had giant blisters all over my feet from two a days from running from running like running camp, and uh, I went home and I slept for literally fifteen hours straight because it was like completely. And I woke up and I swear to God they were just gone. <laughs> I had two of the biggest blisters I've ever had, and they were completely gone. Maybe you just dream them during the fifteen hours, maybe. <laughs> Also, if you are sleep-deprived, your white blood cell count goes down, um, and mammalian species that have higher sleep longer have higher white blood cell counts in general. Um, mm-hmm. Sleep deprivation can also increase cancer growth and decreases your immune system's ability to control cancer in general. Uh, so that's terrifying. Um, and then <laughs> rats that are kept awake indefinitely will develop skin lesions and lose body mass because their body can't repair itself, uh, start to just eat everything, hyperphagia because they just are like I need to consume to replace too bad you're not sleeping it's not going to work they get hypothermia because they lose the ability to regulate their body temperature and also will then die from fatal sepsis so if you stay up too long literally any just die yes literally any infection and it'll be a horrible death you literally fall apart your body starts to like respond to any infection like violently by just inflaming your whole body God it's damn! Terrible. So like, which doesn't do anything, and so you die from sepsis. Basically, what happens is like your body's like, I did some stuff, and your brain's like, well, you clogged up everything. I'm gonna need to unclog it. Let's let's just take a little break. Because if you didn't take the break, you'd keep making more waste product. And so essentially, that's it. you just need to stop and fix some stuff. <laughs> that's sleep. That's what you just gotta just calm down. I gotta put this here, replace that, finish this, do this. So you're. Your housekeeping, and that's it's important the enough that for system installing updates, and it's it's, literally but it's it important is. enough that for us, like it's worth it to be off for yeah. that yep. amount of time. In order for us to have the advantage of our brain and body and the way it works, we need to be able to pass the hell out for eight hours a day. Alrighty, yep. Wow, sleep is pretty cool. It's awesome. It's super important. It's really so important. complicated. It's so important. Oh my god, it's so complicated. But like the things you need to do aren't that complicated. True. It's basically go to bed at the same time and then wake up at the same time and that's and make sure that those two times are 8 hours apart. Go get flux. Check out our uh, blog post. Yeah. Alrighty, well, Gucci. we have been scientifically speaking. We will see you guys next week. Our topic will be I don't know, something. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. It out. Um, go get some sleep, kids. Yeah, seriously.